0: Chapter 9 of Tik Tok of Oz This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Scott Sherris. Tik Tok of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 9 Ruggedo's Rage is Rash and Reckless. The way taken by the adventurers led uphill and down dale and wound here and there in a fashion that seemed aimless but always it drew nearer to a range of low mountains, and Files said more than once that he was certain the entrance to Ruggedo's cavern would be found among these rugged hills. In this he was quite correct. Far underneath the nearest mountain was a gorgeous chamber hollowed from the solid rock, the walls and roof of which glittered with thousands of magnificent jewels. Here, on a throne of virgin gold, sat the famous gnome king, dressed in splendid robes and wearing a superb crown, cut from a single blood-red ruby. Ruggedo, the monarch of all the metals and precious stones of the underground world, was a round little man with a flowing white beard, a red face, bright eyes, and a scowl that covered all his forehead. One would think, to look at him, that he ought to be jolly. One might think, considering his enormous wealth, that he ought to be happy. But this was not the case. The metal monarch was surly and cross, "'because mortals had dug so much treasure out of the earth "'and kept it above ground, "'where all the power of Ruggedo and his gnomes "'was unable to recover it. "'He hated not only the mortals, "'but also the fairies who live upon the earth or above it, "'and instead of being content with the riches he still possessed, "'he was unhappy because he did not own "'all the gold and jewels in the world. "'Ruggedo had been nodding, half asleep, in his chair, when suddenly he sat upright, uttered a roar of rage, and began pounding upon a huge gong that stood beside him. The sound filled the vast cavern and penetrated to many caverns beyond, where countless thousands of gnomes were working at their unending tasks, hammering out gold and silver and other metals, or melting ores in great furnaces, or polishing glittering gems. The gnomes trembled at the sound of the king's gong and whispered fearfully to one another, that something unpleasant was sure to happen, but none dared pause in his task. The heavy curtains of cloth of gold were pushed aside, and Calico, the king's high chamberlain, entered the royal presence. Oh, what's up, your majesty? he asked with a wide yawn, for he had just wakened. Up! roared Ruggedo, stamping his foot viciously. Those foolish mortals are up, that's what! I may want to come down! Down here? inquired Calico. "'Yes!' "'How do you know?' continued the Chamberlain, yawning again. "'I feel it in my bones,' said Ruggedo. "'I can always feel it when those hateful earth callers draw near to my kingdom. "'I am positive, Coleco, that mortals are this very minute on their way here to annoy me, "'and I hate mortals more than I do catnip tea.' "'Well, what's to be done?' demanded the gnome. "'Look through your spyglass and see where the invaders are,' commanded the king." So Calico went to a tube in the wall of rock and put his eye to it. The tube ran from the cavern up to the side of the mountain and turned several curves and corners, but as it was a magic spyglass, Calico was able to see through it just as easily as if it had been straight. "'Hum-hum,' said he. "'I see them, your majesty.' "'What do they look like?' inquired the monarch. "'That's a hard question to answer, for a queerer assortment of creatures I never yet beheld,' replied the gnome. "'However... Such a collection of curiosities may prove dangerous. There's a copper man worked by machinery. Bah, that's only Tik Tok," said Ruggedo. I'm not afraid of him. Why, only the other day I met the fellow and threw him down a well. Then someone must have pulled him out again, said Calico. And there's a little girl. Dorothy, asked Ruggedo, jumping up in fear. No, some other girl. In fact, there are several girls of various sizes, but Dorothy is not with them, nor is Ozma." That's good, exclaimed the king, sighing in relief. Kaliko still had his eye to the spyglass. I see, said he, an army of men from Oogaboo. They are all officers and carry swords, and there is a shaggy man who seems very harmless and a little donkey with big ears. Poo, cried Ruggedo, snapping his fingers in scorn. I have no fear of such a mob as that. A dozen of my gnomes can destroy them all on a jiffy. I'm not so sure of that said Calico, "The people of Oogaboom are hard to destroy, and I believe the Rose Princess is a fairy. As for Polychrome, you know very well that the Rainbow's daughter cannot be injured by a gnome. Polychrome, is she among them? asked the king. Yes, I have just recognized her. Then these people are coming here on no peaceful errand, declared Ruggedo, scowling fiercely. In fact, no one ever comes here on a peaceful errand. I hate everyone, and everyone hates me. Very true said kaliko i must in some way prevent these people from reaching my dominions where are they now just now they are crossing the rubber country your majesty good are your magnetic rubber wires in working order i think so replied kaliko is it your royal will that we have some fun with these invaders it is answered ruggedo i want to teach them a lesson they will never forget now shaggy had no idea that he was in a rubber country nor had any of his companions They noticed that everything around them was of a dull gray color, and that the path upon which they walked was soft and springy, yet they had no suspicion that the rocks and trees were rubber, and even the path they trod was made of rubber. Presently they came to a brook where sparkling water dashed through a deep channel and rushed away between high rocks far down the mountainside. Across the brook were stepping stones, so placed that travelers might easily leap from one to another, and in that manner cross the water to the farther bank." tick-tock was marching ahead followed by his officers and queen anne after them came betsy bobbin and hank polychrome and shaggy and last of all the rose princess with files the clockwork man saw the stream and the stepping stones and without making a pause placed his foot upon the first stone the result was astonishing first he sank down in the soft rubber which then rebounded and sent tick-tock soaring high in the air where he turned a succession of flip-flops and alighted upon a rubber rock far in the rear of the party. General Apple did not see Tick-Tock bound, so quickly had he disappeared, therefore he also stepped upon the stone, which you will guess was connected with Calico's magnetic rubber wire, and instantly shot upward like an arrow. General Cone came next and met with a like fate, but the others now noticed that something was wrong, and with one accord they halted the column and looked back along the path. There was Tick-Tock, still bounding from one rubber rock to another, each time rising a less distance from the ground. And there was General Apple, bounding away in another direction, his three-cornered hat jammed over his eyes, and his long sword thumping him upon the arms and head, as it swung this way and that. And there also appeared General Cone, who had struck a rubber rock head-foremost, and was so crumpled up, that his round body looked more like a bouncing ball than the form of a man. Betsy laughed merrily at the strange sight, and Polychrome echoed her laughter. But Ozga was grave and wondering, while Queen Anne became angry at seeing the chief officers of the army of Oogaboo bounding around in so undignified a manner. She shouted to them to stop, but they were unable to obey, even though they would have been glad to do so. Finally, however, they all ceased bounding and managed to get upon their feet and rejoin the army why did you do that demanded anne who seemed greatly provoked don't ask them why said shaggy earnestly i knew you would ask them why but you ought not to do it the reason is plain those stones are rubber therefore they are not stones those rocks around us are rubber and therefore they are not rocks even this path is not a path it's rubber unless we are very careful your majesty we are all likely to get the bounce just as your poor officers and TikTok did. Then let's be careful, remarked Files, who was full of wisdom. But Polychrome wanted to test the quality of the rubber, so she began dancing. Every step sent her higher and higher into the air, so that she resembled a big butterfly fluttering lightly. Presently she made a great bound and bounded way across the stream, landing lightly and steadily on the other side. There is no rubber over here, she called to them. Suppose you all try to bound over the stream without touching the stepping stones. Anne and her officers were reluctant to undertake such a risky adventure, but Betsy at once grasped the value of the suggestion and began jumping up and down until she found herself bounding almost as high as Polychrome had done. Then she suddenly leaned forward and the next bound took her easily across the brook where she alighted by the side of the rainbow's daughter. "'Come on, Hank!' called the girl and the donkey tried to obey he managed to bound pretty high but when he tried to bound across the stream he misjudged the distance and fell with a splash into the middle of the water he wailed struggling toward the far bank betsy rushed forward to help him out but when the mule stood safely beside her she was amazed to find he was not wet at all it's dry water said polychrome dipping her hand into the stream and showing how the water fell from it and left it perfectly dry? In that case, returned Betsy, they can all walk through the water. She called to Ozga and Shaggy to wade across, assuring them the water was shallow and would not wet them. At once they followed her advice, avoiding the rubber stepping stones, and made the crossing with ease. This encouraged the entire party to wade through the dry water, and in a few minutes all had assembled on the bank and renewed their journey along the path that led to the Nome king's dominions when kaliko again looked through his magic spyglass, he exclaimed bad luck your majesty all the invaders have passed the rubber country and now are fast approaching the entrance to your caverns ruggedo raved and stormed at the news and his anger was so great that several times as he strode up and down his jeweled cavern he paused to kick kaliko upon his shins which were so sensitive that the poor gnome howled with pain. Finally, the king said, "'There's no help for it. "'We must drop these audacious invaders down the hollow tube.'" Kaliko gave a jump at this, and looked at his master wonderingly. "'If you do that, your majesty,' he said, "'you will make T.T.T. Hoochoo very angry.'" "'Never mind that,' retorted Ruggedo. T Hoochoo lives on the other side of the world, "'so what do I care for his anger?' kaliko shuddered and uttered a little groan remember his terrible powers he pleaded and remember that he warned you the last time you slid people through the hollow tube that if you did it again he would take vengeance upon you the metal monarch walked up and down in silence thinking deeper of two dangers said he it is wise to choose the least what do you suppose these invaders want let the long-eared hearer listen to them suggested kaliko call him here at once commanded ruggedo eagerly so in a few minutes there entered the cavern a gnome with enormous ears who bowed low before the king strangers are approaching said ruggedo and i wish to know their errand listen carefully to their talk and tell me why they are coming here and what for the gnome bowed again and spread out his great ears swaying them gently up and down and back and forth for half an hour he stood silent in an attitude of listening while both the king and kaliko grew impatient at the delay at last the long-eared hearer spoke Shaggy man is coming here to rescue his brother from captivity said he ha the ugly one exclaimed ruggedo well Shaggy Man may have his ugly brother for all i care he's too lazy to work and is always getting in my way where is the ugly one now kaliko the last time your majesty stumbled over the prisoner you commanded me to send him to the metal forest which i did "'I suppose he is still there.' "'Very good. "'The invaders will have a hard time finding the metal forest,' said the king, with a grin of malicious delight. "'For half the time I can't find it myself. "'Yet I created the forest and made every tree out of gold and silver, so as to keep the precious metals in a safe place and out of the reach of mortals. "'But tell me, hearer, do the strangers want anything else?' "'Yes, indeed they do,' returned the gnome. The army of Oogaboo is determined to capture all the rich metals and rare jewels in your kingdom, and the officers and their queen have arranged to divide the spoils and carry them away. When he heard this, Ruggedo uttered a bellow of rage and began dancing up and down, rolling his eyes, clicking his teeth together, and swinging his arms furiously. Then, in an ecstasy of anger, he seized the long ears of the hearer and pulled and twisted them cruelly, But Calico grabbed up the king's scepter and wrapped him over the knuckles with it, so that Ruggedo let go of the ears and began to chase his royal chamberlain around the throne. The hearer took advantage of this opportunity to slip away from the cavern and escape, and after the king had tired himself out chasing Calico, he threw himself into his throne and panted for breath while he glared wickedly at his defiant subject. "'You'd better save your strength to fight the enemy,' suggested Calico." There will be a terrible battle when the army of Oogaboo gets here. The army won't get here, said the king, still coughing and panting. I'll drop em down the hollow tube, every man jack, and every girl jill of him. And to find T.T.T. Huchu? asked Kaliko. Yes, go at once to my chief magician and order him to turn the path toward the hollow tube and to make the tip of the tube invisible so they'll all fall into it. Kaliko went away, shaking his head for he thought Ruggedo was making a great mistake. He found the magician and had the path twisted so that it led directly to the opening of the hollow tube, and this opening he made invisible. Having obeyed the orders of his master, the royal chamberlain went to his private room and began to write letters of recommendation of himself, stating that he was an honest man, a good servant, and a small eater. Pretty soon, he said to himself, I shall have to look for another job, for it is certain that Ruggedo has ruined himself by this reckless defiance of the mighty Titihuachu, and in seeking a job, nothing is so effective as a letter of recommendation. End of Chapter Nine. Recording by Scott Sherris, Atlanta, Georgia, U.S.A.